Talking 30. We are previewing the Illinois game on Sunday against the Loyola Ramblers, the battle for state supremacy, the state championship, we will call it. So whatever you want to say it is, but uh, Illinois will tip off at 11.10 a.m. Central Time, 12.10 Eastern from Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. It's actually the venue they were hoping to play at all weekend because they were told they couldn't play at Lucas Oil and they thought, you know, this would give Illinois fans more opportunities to buy tickets. And I think we're going to see that tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a nice uh, contingent from both Loyola and Illinois there, but I'm there'll be more orange and blue uh, for this one. So the Illini look at Loyola. Loyola comes in as an eight seed. The Ramblers are a quality team. Um, they are, you know, this, the computer numbers really like Loyola. They are ranked currently eighth in Ken Palm. They're coming with a 25 and four record. So they're obviously a quality team, um, but they haven't been battle tested like the Illini have. And so we'll see how that plays out on Sunday. Joining us today for our podcast is Connor Cagley. Connor, who writes for IlliniGuys.com. He is the game preview guru. He has all the keys to the game and he's going to tell us all about Loyola and talk a little bit about what he expects to see tomorrow. How are we doing today, Connor? Good. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying my like 12 hours of basketball today. So um, I guess that's a good thing. You know, lots of games. Uh, hasn't been anything major this morning, but um, but so far it's had some good upsets on the first day. So it's pretty fun first weekend for the NCAA tourney. Definitely. Um, nothing wrong with 12 hours of basketball, especially when you get to see uh, some upsets here and there. And Illinois isn't one of them. Yes, that's definitely a key. We don't want the Illini to be one of the upset bugs. So tomorrow we get Loyola. What are your thoughts on Loyola? You've broken them down a little bit and looked at them for your preview. What are you thinking about the Ramblers? Um, I think they're an undersized team. Um, just looking at the heights of their team, they're not going to be as big as maybe some of the Big Ten teams. Uh, they're kind of similar to maybe like a Wisconsin in terms of the pace that they play at. But I look at their roster and I kind of worry that Cameron Crutwig might be in the same boat that a Luca Garza is, where he might just be asked to do too much on both sides of the ball, that he really can't play that aggressive defensively. And that's going to put a lot of stress on their defense. And I don't really think that it will hold up the same way that it does within their conference. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Loyola is actually, when you look at um, adjusted defensive efficiency, we look at Loyola's ranked third in the country on Ken Palm. And of course the Illini are fourth. So, but Loyola plays a, you know, they're a defensive team. That's what they do. They pride themselves on playing great defense. And you saw that in their opening round game against Georgia tech. Um, they do enough offensively to win. They're ranked 37th nationally in uh, adjusted offensive efficiency, which is a good number. Um, Illinois though is a top 10 offensive team. And so um, you mentioned Cameron Crutwig. I, I'm so excited to watch the matchup between Cameron Crutwig and Kofi Coburn, because these are guys that they're very different. I mean, Crutwig is more, you know, he's wide body. Yeah, he's 6'9", 255. He's going to use his skills and footwork. And, you know, he can face up and shoot from about 15, 17, but he's going to use his smarts and try and, you know, find a way to draw fouls on Kofi and go under and around. And Kofi's going to dunk on his head a few times. And it's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen because that's what Kofi does. And you wonder how, you wonder how they're going to handle the, these guys going against each other. What, what are your thoughts on this matchup between the, the Titans? It's obviously going to be the, the most fun matchup within the two teams. Um, but I look at it as 
I just don't see Crutwig really having the ability to to maybe body Kofi the way he can other players. And like you said, I just I just see Kofi being too big for him to really do anything. Uh, he's going to dunk all over him. And it'll just be, can he, can Crutwig stay out of foul trouble? Can he play aggressive without fouling is the biggest thing. Yeah, I would agree. I think the foul trouble is going to tell a lot to tell a lot. I think the the interesting like somebody mentioned this and I read this today that it might be a good matchup for Kofi. It's he's kind of been trained for this matchup because Crutwig and Georgie are actually somewhat similar in the way that Crutwig's a little more physical than Georgie, but they use that kind of step throughs, right hand, left hand. So practicing against Georgie every day in practice is kind of trained um Kofi for going against a guy like Crutwig. Would you, you does that sound accurate to you? Uh in terms of style, I'd say very they're very similar. They're kind of like the unorthodox player that's kind of good around the rim at finishing in just weird ways that you're not expecting. Um defensively they can struggle a little bit compared to say like a guy that can jump out of the gym or can really, you know, match you in terms of getting getting low on you. But um I don't think Crutwig maybe I don't think he's as athletic as even Georgie is in terms of ability to protect the rim up top. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think he's more of a, you know, he's going to be more of a, he's going to use this, try and use physicality, trying to, you know, wall up. He's very, and you mentioned Wisconsin. I think that they are a team and that's kind of been my uh, correlation with them. I, I think they're very similar to Wisconsin, their style of play, the way they play. Um, although Wisconsin did beat them by 14 early in the season back in December, uh, I think the Badgers are, are a team that when you look at how Illinois performed against Wisconsin this year, that should give you a pretty good idea of what you're going to see in this one. So it's going to take, I think Loyola is going to have to have a great um, three-point shooting game to win this one. They're going to have to shoot it really well from three. We know Illinois is pretty good at defending defending the three and limiting attempts. Uh, we saw Michigan only get seven attempts off the entire game against Illinois. So, and teams with length have given Illinois trouble and that would not be Loyola. So it, it's a, you know, I know that we're, everyone's kind of scared of the matchup because it's Loyola. And if you lose Loyola, it's like, oh my gosh, you lost Loyola in state. It's a bad thing. But I really think this matchup favors the Illini um, up and down. 100% agree. I, uh, I kind of, when I look at the roster, I, I did think of the Wisconsin uh, game because I had watched that earlier in the season. And as much as Wisconsin didn't look big against us, Loyola looked small against Wisconsin. So that that size on the wing is just going to make it even more difficult for them to get Crutwig good looks. And they're not going to get the, the wide open threes that they're used to inside of conference play. So... I, I think that maybe their win against Georgia Tech, while you play the guys that are out there, not having to go up against a guy like Moses Wright in that matchup certainly isn't going to help them in terms of figuring out how to deal with a guy like Kofi in the next round. Yep, totally agree. As you look, kind of look at this, this matchup, the other thing that I looked at was uh, Loyola is they are one of the best two-point shooting teams in the country. They shoot almost 58% from inside the arc. 58% on twos. That's one reason why they're so efficient because they're not a team that's going to crash the offensive glass against Illinois because they do not want Illinois to rebound and run because if Illinois gets out in transition, 
that's not where they want them to be. They want Illinois to be in a half-court game. They want 60 possessions played, maybe. They want a really slow-paced game, so they don't want to get them out and run. So they're not going to attack the offensive glass, but what they've relied on their whole year is shooting well from inside the arc. And, yeah, you you get some threes, but when you shoot 58% from two, it limits the ability of the other team to get out and run. They're not going to shoot 58% from two against Illinois. I just don't see any way. When you look at the trouble that teams of late have had against Illinois shooting inside the arc, it's really kind of it's kind of amazing. So just to to break down these numbers um, as we kind of you know go through this, in the last few games you've seen Illinois hold um, you know teams to you know whether it's Drexel, whether it's Iowa, whether it's you know Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, going back and forth, teams have really struggled to score inside. And obviously, you know, I, I guess Drexel shot 28% from inside the arc. So these are teams that have a ton more length, um, 10 more athleticism, and they're struggling to finish against Illinois. So I, I don't see them shooting 58% from two point range, which means I think that they have one, they have a shooter's chance. And, and I go back to this one thing their one chance is to make threes. If they shoot a crazy percentage from three, they get 20 shots off, make 13 out of 20, something like that. I think you're looking at a chance for them to pull an upset. If they if they struggle and they shoot four of 15 from three, then they're not beating Illinois on this day. No other way for them to win. There, there isn't an easy solution for dealing with Illinois. You're going to have to shoot well and hope that Kofi is in foul trouble. Yeah, do you think like and I, I kind of look at this, don't you think Illinois fans, we're like we're like jaded though. I mean, we're like looking for we're like the jilted um, you know, companion, we're like jilted lover. We're like, oh my gosh, what back in, you know, whatever it was, 1987 when Austin P beat us, and we go back to when we lost this game and we, you know, this and that. Everyone feels like we're so feel so slighted, I think, that you just expect something bad to happen. So now we're in the NCAA tournament. They haven't been to the Sweet 16 since 2005. You've had, you know, you got bad calls. You go back to D Brown's senior year at Washington. You go back to the Arizona game in the Elite Eight and 01. So we're just waiting for like the referees to to take it from us and some we're going to lose in some upset. And that way, it, do you think there's the mindset from Illinois fans that they just feel that way right now? Uh, certainly the older ones. I'm a little bit out of that uh, timeline there. So for me, it goes back to, you know, Miami, the year that we lost to them with the out-of-bounds call that was certainly frustrating in changing the rule afterwards. Or the round with uh, Demetri McCamey and Trent Meacham and Chester Frazier. So I, I can certainly understand why if those are the two that I think of, maybe other people think of even worse games. Yeah. Yeah, it's not been, it's kind of been a, there have been some, so many House of Horrors type games for Illinois fans that they, I think they expect a worse. But I will say this this is a team that is ready to roll. This team is locked in. They are, they aren't, I thought they had a little bit of jitters maybe in that first game that, to start, just a little tight, played a little too fast and took some, but once they settled in, I mean, they just look like a team that is a force to be reckoned with. We've seen that down the stretch. They've won 14 out of their last 15 against a gauntlet that is tougher, arguably tougher than they will see until they get to the final four. I mean, they've played two seeds and one seeds and, and multiple times over the last month and just and cruised to a lot of these wins. So it's, it's really impressive what they've done. So I'm on the positive side. I expect Illinois to do well. So when they don't, maybe it'll hurt me worse. I don't know. <laughs> could, Let's hope not. Yeah. Could have a worse. So if you've got a, so you got to predict 
prediction. I don't know if you have your keys to the game. Do you have any keys to the game that you want to give us here, Connor? Yeah, um, I kind of have similar thoughts to you. I think that the transition is going to play a big part in this game. Illinois needs to get some points going, you know, off steals, off long defensive rebounds. Um, I think that if our length can cause those steals, or even a guy like Curbelo that just kind of his speed is something you can't really match and it's going to catch people off guard. But if you get those where you can you can catch the team before they've set the defense, getting those easy buckets is really going to catch this team in a place that they haven't been, which is against a guy like Trent or Io in the open court where they really excel. And even a guy like Adam Miller has been finishing really well in transition as of late. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, Miller's improving. We're seeing him grow. He's he's a freshman um, that is just going to keep getting better. So as we look at, I, I kind of, so I broke down the synergy stats a little bit, and I'm looking at what they do. They aren't great at defending a pick-and-roll ball handler. And if I'm playing Illinois, and I know that they have Kofi rolling to the rim, and I don't guard pick-and-roll ball handlers very well, that kind of concerns me because the two guys that Illinois uses coming off those ball screens are kind of ridiculous when you look at Io DeSumo getting downhill and Andre Curbelo, who is kind of a, a magical player. You know, he's a wizard sometimes throwing between the legs passes, not between his legs, between someone else's yeah. legs. So the nutmeg thing. So it, it's, it, you see some guys that there are a lot of, there are some ways that they could, Illinois can kind of expose that defense. Um, they do a good job of getting out on shooters. They, they, they take away, you know, clean looks, but they do not defend ball handlers very well on pick and roll. I think that some of that is from Crutwig not being overly mobile. And they're trying, you know, so I think that, you know, we always talk about teams wanting to put Kofi and Georgie in ball screen situations. I think Illinois is going to put Crutwig in those ball screen situations too and make it tough on him um, to make him have to guard out on the perimeter. And, and I think it's going to be tough on him to do that. Certainly should be um, an area that Illinois tries to exploit. Um, when you do have guys that can get downhill like Io and Curbelo, which are in terms of like, past Illinois players, I really can't name you a guy that gets to the rim as easily as either of those two have made it look this year. And when you have a guy like Crutwig, who, while he's a very good player, he doesn't really do good in space, which is why he's similar to the Luca Garza, where it's just like, there really isn't a, this is why they're not getting looked at for the NBA, maybe as seriously as they should be considered. That's what they look at as NBA scouts. So when you have that area of weakness, that is that, uh, apparent, you should attack that. And um, if they can get him all the way out there on the perimeter, having to hedge screens, uh, either he's going to have to make a decision. Are you going to really attack hard on that? Or are you going to let the ball handler go so that you can get back to the rim to try and stop the pass to Kofi? And if it, it's not going to be an easy situation for him when you're put in that spot. Yep. Totally agree. I, so as I kind of looked at, you know, as they try and defend Illinois, they're a great defensive team. Do you see them playing any zone? I, I would play zone against Illinois. I really would. I If I'm playing against Illinois, and I know Loyola has played zone this year, 19 possessions for the season. So in 29 games, they've played zone 19 times. So not very often, right? And probably is for a time with stretch when they're in foul trouble, whatever. I haven't looked back to see exactly when they were, but – They've played 19 possessions of zone this season. Do you think they bring out the zone and try and do something different against Illinois? I think they would have to be very desperate to get to that point. Um, I mean, it, it certainly has 
uh, hampered Illinois in the situations that we have ran into it. We didn't look great against Iowa zone. Um, trying to think of any other teams that have kind of employed that. Uh, I, I don't know any off the top of my head that have tried the two, three zone, but um, it could potentially get Illinois off rhythm. Uh, it just, it depends on how comfortable he thinks this team is sliding into that. And if he's only used it 19 possessions, uh, maybe they haven't used it enough in practice for him to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And that, that's one of those things that's sometimes you get to this point and yeah, you, you have scouting reports. You're trying to take away individual tendencies. You know, I'm sure they've got on there. Don't let IO go right. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that's on there. You know, it, those are things that you're going to try and do. Make Curbelo a jump shooter. Don't let him, shoot, you know, don't let him get to the rim. Don't let him probe, you know, try and keep him, you know, go under screens, whatever. There are certain scouting reports tendencies you're going to have with this. But I, changing your whole defensive philosophy is a little bit tough at this point in the season, especially when you're third in the country in defensive efficient, adjusted defensive efficiency. That's pretty good. So if you're that good defensively, you, you probably feel good about your chances of trying to slow Illinois down, even though they present a different, um, you know, maybe uh, dynamic than they've seen all year in the MVC. Yeah, um, they're, the dynamic that makes it so much more difficult to guard is uh, a Kofi. There's really no, there's no game plan for that other than hope. You gotta, you gotta hope that whatever you're doing is working out better than what other teams have already tried throwing at him. And if he has got it going in terms of his one-on-one matchup, there's really no, you can try to send help, but he's just, he gets it from so, he gets so deep positioning that he can really just, it's a drop step and a dunk and you can't even send help that quickly to get to him if he gets the ball in there. Yeah. And if you, you know, you get those guys, you get a guy like Curbelo too. You, you can, you say you're going to not guard him or something. You're going to make him shoot three. Well, he's going to drive even if he's open from three, because he's that good with the ball, he's going to probe in there and find something. And then he's going to throw up some little lefty righty layup and he's going to finish it or a little spin move something. And he's going to get to the rim and you're going to be like, what happened? And then the other part, when you play Kofi, if you're trying to deny him the ball, it's really difficult to front him because then when a shot goes up, you're out of position and you're trying to go around 290 pounds. And so they get a shot, they throw it up on the rim and and you saw, I think it was the Ohio State game. It wasn't even Kofi, it was Georgie. Georgie got like four straight offensive rebounds against Ohio State and finished, scored 10 straight points, all on putbacks. That is, I mean, you that's the hard part about when you try and front that post is it really puts you in a deficit position and it makes it hard to keep it out of his hands. And you want to double or triple teams, you're going to give Trent Frazier, you know, spot up threes. You're going to give them to, you know, you know, Io DeSumo. I, I don't, you definitely don't want to give them to DeMonte Williams and Jacob Grandison. I know that because those guys can, can stroke it. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think Illinois has got a lot of weapons offensively. As long as they don't do silly things, um, commit silly turnovers, they're, they're going to score at a pretty good clip, I would think. 100% agree. That's why I would lean towards Illinois winning this one rather handily. Uh, to your point about uh, the offensive rebounding versus the front, uh, there was a play in the last game where Trent had the ball on the left wing and they were trying to deny the ball into Kofi because he was doing, uh, it was kind of like a semi-transition where it's not like a full break, but you got three or four guys down and Trent kind of just looked at it and goes, I I'm open enough where it's a good shot and we get three points if I make it. And if I don't make it, it's probably going to go long and Kofi's going to be right there in position. 
yep. what do you know? He misses it. It goes directly to Kofi, and Kofi finishes it for an and one. Yep, and that's that's going to be – I think that's one of those things that you can't really – you can't teach Kofi size, and so it's – you're just stuck sometimes. And he's really improved his game. Um, he's become such a dominant player in the post. Um, and, and just his ability to attack the offensive glass, attack the basket on those screener rolls. So many times they just throw it up. <laughs> he just throw it up there. He'll go get it, and, and then he dunks it. So, so what's your prediction? You got a you got a game score prediction that you're going with here on IlliniGuys.com? I do. I believe Illinois is going to win this one, 74 to 60, in a little bit of a lower scoring game. But I think that Illinois comes out with a solid victory. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. So you can read Connor's stuff at IlliniGuys.com. He'll have his previews, keys to the game. You've heard a lot of them. I actually am going with Illinois 72-59 was my prediction. So you're actually pretty close to what I was thinking. Um, a little bit lower scoring because I think Loyola will slow the pace a little bit and try and make it a grinder. Um, I don't think it's going to be effective, you know, in the sense that they can, you know, they're, they're able to do that. I think Illinois is going to have that nice little, I think it's going to be eight to 10 point game, get up maybe to 15, 16 at some points, go back down to 10. I think they're just going to have that kind of cushion all day long. Um, I don't see them maybe getting up 20 or I don't see them getting up 30 or whatever, like they did last first game, but because Loyola is a quality team, but I, I just think they're a tough match. Illinois is a tough matchup for Loyola in this one. And I think the Illini get the win. Yeah, no shame there. I think that it, it would be pretty big if Illinois did get a 20 to 30 point lead at any point against this team. That would be like a usual 40 to 50 point lead against another team. But as long as Illinois comes out victorious and we don't have to hear about the sister Jean, I will be very happy man tomorrow. Yeah, I don't have anything against Sister Jean. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I think it was cool when they made the, their run later on. But, but yeah, I'm not, not, don't want to watch that, hear about that anymore. I kind of went back to the, um, the when they played Wisconsin. I think this game could be a little similar. Wisconsin beat them 77 63. Um, at one point, they actually got within, um, I think they, they got within two in the second half at like 35 33. And then Wisconsin went on a uh, 20, it was like a 21 to three run or something. Next thing you know, they're up 18, 20 points. And um, so they, uh, or I think they tied at 33 actually. And then Wisconsin goes on a 23-1, run, takes an 18 point lead um, and, and really just kind of cruised from there and won by 14. I don't think they got closer than nine. And I think this game's going to be similar to that. That's kind of what I would expect to see. And interestingly enough, Illinois, that's about how they did when they played Wisconsin. Um, both games, except for when, when uh, Demetri Trice kind of went nuts at the end of the game in, in Madison. But both times they played Wisconsin, it was like that. It was Illinois just kind of got that little lead, stretched it out here and there. But, you know, it just it, it's one of those things where I think they're just uh, too difficult matchup for Loyola and the Illini get the win to advance to the first time in the Sweet 16. Now, do you remember the 2000? I, I got to ask this as a youngster. Do you remember the 2005 season? How old were you when that was going on? See, I was either eight or nine years old. So I I know that's 100%. I watched the national title game, but I don't remember any of the games prior. I know that was the season that got me into Illinois basketball. So, yeah, it's a, yeah. So it's been a while. So you, you don't even realize, you didn't realize that you were watching that and it would be like, 
16 years later, and then we'll be back in the Sweet 16. So it's uh, that's the way it goes sometimes as an Illinois fan. We're hoping that it's not 2037 the next time they have the the one seed. So we're, we're hoping we can do that again between now and then, or or have a uh, a nice nice run to the final final four. Uh, that seems to be the 16 year thing. So this that means 2021 is a year. So the Illini take one step closer, hopefully on Sunday to their final four. This is Brad Sturdy with Connor Cagley. Uh, 30 for 30, uh, Illinois Loyola preview. Thanks for listening.